0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Mid-Range Game Podcast. I'm your host, Ole Defense1033, also known as Theo in other parts of the world. Talking Brett the Hitman Heart on this episode of the Mid-Range Game Podcast, at least to start off this episode. Why are we talking Brett the Hitman Heart? We are talking Brett the Hitman Heart because over the last maybe week, I've been Binge watching a bunch of Monday Night Raws from 1997, and you know, wrestling fans, y'all know, uh, basically 1997 for WWE was about Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels. Uh, Bret Hart being like the biggest dude. Um, Bret, 97 was his year. He was the hottest. He, he was the hottest wrestler in the world. He was the hottest heel in Hill in the industry, he had <laughs> fans in the US that hated him, but fans that also still loved him. But in Canada, the man was God uh, and still is God in Canada. Um, and then when the WWE would go overseas into uh, other markets, like uh, let's say Germany or Japan or something, Bret Hart would get cheered like a hero because the fans over there. Uh, Over international fans They appreciate his work ethic They appreciate his in-ring ability Uh, And that's why he was so over Like internationally Uh, But you know Bret Hart was the man in 1997 Um, You know Bret uh, Went a long way into uh, Really You know him and Steve Steve Austin Basically kind of saved WWE You really think about it Um WWE was very They were about to close their doors Very soon after Wrestlemania Um If, not, if that match between Austin and Brett Uh Had not been as successful As it was And I mean the success of that match Uh instantly changed Uh the entire company It made Austin basically Uh the biggest face in the company Uh And then, obviously, you know, we all know Austin 316, he went on to become the biggest star in the business, uh, period. Um, But that doesn't happen without Bret Hart. Uh, You know, Bret Hart was the guy that took Steve Austin's career and took it up a couple of notches. Um, You know, before that, WWE didn't really, they didn't know what to do with Steve Austin. Uh, They didn't know how to use him. It was Bret. Bret. When he came back from his uh, sabbatical uh, after losing the title at WrestleMania 12, it was Brett that identified Steve Austin. Even in WCW, uh, it was Brett that identified and said, hey, I want to work with Steve Austin when I come back. Well, let me do it in my Bret Hart verse voice. Hey, Vince, I want to work with Steve Austin when I come back. You know, that's probably how he said it. And But Brett identified the talent he saw the talent he saw Steve Austin uh this this perfect heel asshole arrogant the perfect heel to his baby face um and you know Brett was a big fan of Steve Austin in the ring as well so it was just a match made in heaven like the their characters just clash and it became just this great great rivalry um It was a great rivalry, even though they had only one match between uh, Survivor Series and (laughs) and at least up until WrestleMania. They had only, like, wrestled maybe. No, they actually had maybe been wrestled twice. Uh, The first was at the Survivor Series in 96. That was a one-on-one match. But the second one was the Final Four match uh, at the February pay-per-view to determine who would go on. Uh, to face the WWF champion at Mania, uh, but yeah, that w- it, despite that, it was still a hot rivalry. They, they was it's still a great rivalry. Um, but yeah, they made magic at Mania. Uh, I was, obviously, y'all remember Austin bleeding everywhere, and the the moment it was a double heel turn, and it was a double heel turn that, like I said, ultimately ended up saving the company. Um, Yo, why is Brett my favorite wrestler, man? Uh, Brett, what makes Brett my favorite um, is I, he just, the way he carried himself, man. He, he was just cool. He was somebody, he wasn't like bolsterous. You know, he wasn't like overly cocky, overly, you know, emotional. He just was like a cool, laid-back dude. He presented himself as a, pro- as a serious professional athlete. Uh, and that's how he carried himself, that's how he conducted his interviews, uh, there was a serious tone to his interviews, you know? you know, he wasn't BSing around, you know, he approached this thing as if like wins and losses actually really did matter, um, and that's how, his, that's how the Hitman character was about, um, the, the excellence of execution, well, the excellence in the execution is striving for excellence. And that's what Bret Hart, through his character, preached: striving for excellence, never settling, being the very best that you can be. Uh, and then the excellence of execution—the execution part of that—was uh, to perfect your craft, to work on your craft. Uh, Bret Hart perfected his craft; he perfected wrestling. Um, you know, from his facials to like his technical ability, you know. St- the creative finishes that he could come up with for matches. You know, he would hit the sharpshooter at different points in the match. Yeah, it wasn't all the same, same, you know, he would, sometimes he would beat guys with like, like a pinfall submission, like a small package or, you know, things like that. It was a different finish for, for a lot of his matches. So, um, that's what that's what he preached: excellence of execution, being the best, and perfecting your craft. And you know, Bret Hart, two-time tag champion, two-time Intercontinental champion, uh, Mister SummerSlam to me. Um, you know, Bret Hart, man, I just when you think, when I think Bret Hart, I think SummerSlam, I think SummerSlam '91 uh, against the Bulldog. Uh, SummerSlam 92 Mr. perfect SummerSlam uh, 93 was When he beat the hell out of Lawler For disrespecting his, his mother and his father And his entire family um, You know, 94 The um, amazing cage match with his brother on um, You know, just just Great moment after great moment Great match after great match Man, you know And obviously, uh, you know, 1997 uh, Great match with Taker Um and then, you know, HBK is the referee. Uh, just a great finish to that match as well. So, to me, he's Mr. SummerSlam. Uh, the, definitely, for me, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. You know what? Hold on. Let me do it in my Bret Hart voice. I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Yeah, I think that's close enough. But, um, I mean, so many... Man, Bragg has so many damn great matches, man. It's you. You could go. You could spend an hour just going down, down, down the list of them. Um, I'll probably. I'll just go with my. Just. I'll just go with five. Uh, for me, number one would be. Um, well, I. Mean, number one, not in terms of ranking, but just in general. Just, I'm. Um, I'm in the minority. Uh, I'm actually one of the few people that like the Iron Man match uh, with him and Sean. I think it's a wrestling clinic. Uh, it's a wrestling clinic on psychology and, uh, and in terms of like in-ring technical wrestling. The, the psychology part was, you know, going into the match, you know, Brett was confident that, you know, he could you know, out-wrestle Shawn Michaels and that Shawn Michaels would be so reckless and, they, and eventually that he would just do something stupid and Brett would just, you know, wait for the open and just Brett would just take advantage. But, you know, that was very much what was going in. Bret Hart was expecting a different type of match from Shawn Michaels than what he actually got from Shawn Michaels. Cause when they got in the ring, Shawn Michaels, they were wrestling and Shawn Michaels, to Brett's surprise, uh, he had stunned him with his wrestling ability, uh, and that was like a big part of the match too. Was especially the first part of the match it was like Brett was like stunned that, you know, Shawn Michaels wasn't jumping around all over the place, you know, he wasn't doing all these high flying moves. Shawn Michaels was like mat wrestling him, and and the psychology was it threw Bret Hart off his game, and you know, it had Bret Hart. Bret Hart was reeling and on the ropes uh, until, you know, what ha- what Bret Hart believed what happened eventually finally happened, that Shawn Michaels would get reckless and made a mistake. And that's exactly what happened in the match. Uh, and then Bret Hart took advantage of the mistake and, you know, basically spent the next <laughs> 20 minutes beating the hell out of Shawn Michaels' back. And then, um, like, the last, I want to say six or seven minutes is the comeback, the furious comeback that Shawn Michaels puts on. Shawn Michaels is hitting, like, move after move on the top rope. He's hitting moves that we haven't seen him do, uh, in, you know, to this point. Um, and then, of course, the, the finish, you know, Shawn Michaels is going off the top rope again. Bret Brett Hart is, like, seemingly exhausted. He's standing up like he's about to pass out. And then Shawn Michaels dies off and then Brett catches him and puts him in sharpshooter immediately and then we get that finish and you know um that to me it's just a it's a it's a it's a perfect wrestling match and then the the controversy the overtime you know they said it you know says a 60-minute wrestling match not a 62-minute wrestling match so it left that opening to where like hey Brett could always just come back and dispute hey you never beat me. You never beat me, Shawn Michaels. It was a, supposed to have been a 60-minute match, not a 62-minute match. You know, Brett would have came right back with that. So it left it left a, a sequel. It left a rematch open. It gave the perfect excuse for a rematch. And then, you know, we got the overtime finish. You know, Brett is still beating the hell out of HBK. He had HBK and a sharpshooter for a minute. And he's already had a bad back. Um, Then we get the finish. Brett Brett makes the mistake, gets overly care, get overly aggressive. HBK counters and counters hits him with sweet chin music, and then and then game over. So to me, like the like the back and forth, like the the psychology of it, uh, it just to me it just makes it even that much better of a match. Uh, so the Iron Man match for me is, 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 is on my five, uh, the, the Montreal Screwjob match, uh, that was a great match, uh, between Brett and Sean, um, I mean, it was, it wasn't a match, it was more of a fight, but it was a great fight, uh, between them, uh, and then obviously we know the controversy, how the match ended, uh, but still, uh, it was a great match, um. Uh, See. Uh, Alright, let me see the next one. See, and it's hard to narrow down the matches with Brett, like I said, because he's had so many. Uh, I would say it wasn't a great match. I think it was it was a very good match. Uh, but I think the, the finish was more great than anything. Uh Diesel versus Brett, uh, Survivor Series 95. Uh because of the finish, uh, I mean Diesel jackknife Brett, and then Diesel was just you know bullshitting around, and then next thing you know, Brett wraps him up in a small package and pins him, <laughs> and wins the championship. Uh, so just like that finish, like, like that was an example of a great finish that Brett came up with, and then you know Diesel was pissed off. He beats the holy shit out of out of Brett Hart uh, after that. Uh, but th- that was like that. That was a that was actually a very good match. Uh, you see, obviously the one, two, three kid uh, WWF title match he had on Monday Night Raw in '94. Uh, that's uh that's on there. Uh, obviously, obviously the 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 submission match from Mania '13. I mean, that's that's uh that's on the Mal Rushmore of greatest wrestling matches and. And it's the most important match in WWF history. Um, I've, um, let's see, Mania 10, uh, Brett versus Orn, the opening match. Uh, that was a great match. 30 minute classic. Um, puts his brother over F Mania, uh, which that was a great match. So. Uh, and I and I'm doing this off the top of my head. Um, you know, there's so many more, and then I didn't even get to the Mr. Perfect matches, and you know, obviously we all know those those, you know, those the Bulldog, you know, the SummerSlam matches, and um, WrestleMania Eight against Piper is one of my favorite matches of bread as well, uh, when he won the IC title. Uh, you know, just to. to Really, I think that was his first IC title win, too, Uh, for that to happen at Mania. And it was a very good match, uh, too. Uh, So, yeah, man, the list goes on and on, man. So many matches that you could put up there from Brad. And I didn't even even get to put all the great ones on there because it's impossible because there's so many great ones. You know, it's just like trying to choose five great Shawn Michaels matches. You can't do it, man. It's the same thing with Brett, man. You can't just choose five, just, just five matches. You have to go to, like, 10 or 15. You know, just like with HBK, you just can't choose five. So, all right. So, that's it. Uh, that's that's it on Brett, man. Um, my favorite, my favorite WWF champion ever. Um, the most fightingest WWF champion ever. Um... You know, he may not be the biggest star, uh, but when you encapsulate everything that a professional wrestler is, uh, that's Bret Hart. Simply, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I'll be right back, y'all. Talking, twenty twenty three basketball Hall of Fame class. Um, y'all know the names. I mean, y'all y'all heard the speeches. Um, I just want to talk about them because I'm I'm a fan of all these players. Um, I watch these players. Um, you know, so um, you know, it's always it's always. It's always fun, man. You know, watching like your favorite players get these honors and shit because it takes you back to like you know different points in their careers. If you as you hear them talking, and as you as as the camera pans to the audience, you start to remember things like you know their you know their 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 their, their greatest moments and even like their worst moments. You know, on the court. Uh, and you know as you watch the camera pan to the crowd you start remembering other players and you know other moments and then you also get to see a different side of those players too you get them to see a human side you know you get to see their families and all that shit Uh, so it's a great experience man it's always great watching the Hall of Fame Um, and I mean the Hall of Fame is like the highest honor man and I'm going to just dive right into it. Um, <clears throat> I'm a big sports fan um, of all sports, regardless of gender. Uh, to me, ball is ball. I don't care if it's men playing it. I don't care if it's women playing it. If they can play, I'm going to appreciate them. Uh, and I'm going to watch. Um, and that's being said, uh, I'm, a, I'm a WNBA fan. I've been a big WNBA f- fan. Uh, for a while now, you know, going back to its inception, you know, the start of it with with the the Houston Comets you know, Coop um, Tina Thompson, Cheryl Swoops, Kim Peratt, um, You know, Van Chancellor was their coach. Uh, so, um, you know, New York Liberty, you know, Seattle Storm with uh, Sue Bird and, and uh, Lauren Jackson who was another one of my favorite players uh, and I was a big, you know, uh, Lisa Leslie fan, so I was definitely a Sparks fan. Uh, but Yolanda uh, Griffin was another player that I was a big fan of because she had a nasty post game. Uh, Tisha Penatero, uh who I think her style of play, she was like kind of like the female J.J. kid. Uh, how she would push the ball down the court, makes misses, and, and she would get the ball in the sit under the court, and she would keep it there uh, and from end to end, it was like watching Jake Kidd, just a female version of it. So I go back with the WBA. I go back with women's basketball. Uh, I remember, um, shit, I remember watching Cheryl Swoops, you know, at Texas Tech in college. Uh, and just, like, how smooth her mid-range game was, you know. And, you know, just to watch a woman doing this, a beautiful woman. And, you know it just showed that women <laughs> can be everything you know they can be ballers too and you know speaking of ballers, that's what becky hammond was you know becky hammond was a baller you know she wasn't blessed with you know good athleticism she she damn sure wasn't tall she was only five five um but yeah she got the absolute most out of her ability uh six-time all-star uh two-time first-team uh, all WNBA, um, you know, she spent the first five years of her career in the WNBA as a sixth woman, um, you know, she didn't become a, f- a full-time starter until, like, her f- her fifth season, um, and that fifth season, once she became a starter, you know, she was putting up 14 points Three assists, you know, she was giving you like 42, 43% from the field, you know, 36, 37% for three uh, in her last three years as a starter. But um, Becky's career went up a, a notch when she bet on herself and she went to San Antonio Silver Stars. Uh, and she went from like a 14 and three type woman to like a, she was putting up 18 and, 18 and six, you know, 19 and six. In the playoffs, she would elevate her game as well. She would go from that. She would go to like a twenty to putting up twenty points a game. You know, she had a few few playoff uh, seasons where you know she averaged over twenty. Uh, led the Silver Stars to the finals, uh, where they ultimately got beat down by the by the Detroit Shock. But still, I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment, man. You know. Um, to be able to go to a whole nother team to be, first of all, to have the balls to kind of bet on yourself, to go from, you know, a familiar situation where you got a comfortable role to going to a completely new place with an expanded role, and but much more pressure, much more weight on your shoulders uh, because you are the woman. You know, everyone's looking to you versus you know, when you're just part of the team, you're just part of a cog, you know, no one's looking for you to pick up the team. No one's looking for you to lead, you know, so it's a completely different role. But she took to a like duck to a water and and there's no surprise looking back on it now that, you know, she's become the a coach and she's become as successful as she is as a coach because she the same attributes as a player, helps her as a coach. That feistiness, that toughness, to be able to, to to really be able to kind of look within yourself and know your limitations, and then be able to kind of go above those limitations. Um, you know, led the Aces to a championship last year as a coach. Um, you know, once again, really really betting, betting on herself again because she could have stayed in San Antonio as an assistant coach, you know, with Pop, whatever, but that's not what she wants to do, that she wanted to be a head coach in the NBA, and ultimately, for her to be a head coach in the NBA, she has to show that people, that she can actually coach. Uh, and she, so, which means she got to lead Coach Pop. This basically what Eric had to do uh, in Kansas City with Andy Reid. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> um, you know, Airbnb, you know, got to prove, he got to show that, you know, he can actually coach before somebody can give, be- before somebody can believe him. Uh, but that's just the way it is. Uh, but Becky, Becky is a, she's one that's, like I said, she's toughness, she's grit, uh, somebody that got the absolute most out of their ability, so um big fan of her I always thought her style of play was kind of like a cross between like Mark, Mark Price ish especially when she got to the Silver Stars and she became like more of a much more of a, like a pick and roll type of guard so I could I always she kind of she had that feistiness in this too, like she was like built kind of stocky you know, very much kind of like a Mark Price, so she kind of reminded me of Mark Price with her style of, of game, she wasn't quite the shooter that he was, but still, you know, but the, the, the play style, you know, like how they move, like the builds. like she kind of reminded me of Mark Price, like a female Mark Price, all right, so I'm gonna move on, congrats Becky, I'm gonna move on to Coach Pop, Five-time NBA champion, uh, one of the greatest executives ever, man. I mean, I don't have to go that deep on Pop, man. I mean, it's y'all know all the shit at this point, all the accomplishments. And um, I think um, what I give Coach Pop credit for uh, was being able to identify where the game was going and adjusting his coaching style, at least on the court. Uh, to how the game was changing. Um, You know, the Spurs were like a ground-and-pound type of team. You know, it was basically we go feed the ball to Duncan, and then they double team Duncan, Duncan go pass it out to an open shooter. That was pretty much their offense Uh, and coached in pop early years. And, you know, the Robinson years, uh, the Duncan years, before, you know, they – you know, before I get into it, I'm not going to get too far – into the years, but, uh, Duncan's early, early in Duncan's career before Parker and nobody had even developed into good players. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what the Spurs did. They just passed it inside. Um, okay. If they double team Duncan and Robinson, pass it out to open shooters and they just shoot a three and that was it. Um, but, uh, once the NBA eliminated the, Hand checking and, and they opened the game up. Uh, the game became more more spread out. It was starting to become more spread out, more faster p- paced. Um, so dunk. So pop understood that. So pop changed. Slowly started changing San Antonio's offense. They started becoming more. Of, they started playing more. To be honest, they actually started playing more seven seconds of lashes as the, as the seasons went on. So by the late 2000s, you know, the Spurs were pretty much like they were a fast-paced team, you know. Uh, yeah, they were still playing defense, but, you know, they they were playing up-tempo ball. You know, it wasn't just passing that ball, pounding the ball to Duncan. No, it was p- lots of Tony Parker pick and roll, lots of cutting, lots of moving, so they had compl- like just within a few years, they had just completely revamped like their entire offense and their entire style of play, and and to to how the league had changed and how the Suns, the Tony's offense had changed the league along with the elimination of the hand check. So I give Post Pop credit for that man, and ultimately his change in the style of play uh, led to the Spurs getting to those finals in thirteen and fourteen. Um, just embracing the style of change. So I will give uh pop much love for being like a visionary and being just being just a great coach and and being able to see how the game was changing and, and changing with it. You know, that's what great that's what great minds do. They they evolve, they change with the times. Alright. So I'm gonna move on to Pau Gasol. Um Powell. Uh, Six-time All-Star, two-time NBA champion. To me, man, I think the greatest accomplishment Powell Gasol had was he led the fucking Grizzlies to the fucking playoffs uh, multiple times. I think 50 wins, too. Um, I want to say in two back-to-back or I think three straight years where Memphis made the playoffs, uh i think they won 50 games and the the second and third best player that pal gasol had on this fucking team uh was Jay will and mike miller yeah and this is this is like the west so this is like the early 2000s to mid 2000s so this is the west so you still got you got dallas that's emerged I mean, you got the fucking Sons now with Nash and Amari and Marion. Uh, shit, I want to say at this point, even the Clippers are are legitimately decent team with Elton Brand, uh, Sam Cassell, um, <clears throat> Corey Maggetti. uh Shit, who else, man? Man, the fucking West was fucking loaded, man. And then, of course, you still had... Had the the damn Lakers, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers at this point to deal with. Um, You had, damn, you had Minnesota to deal with. You had Portland that was still a a decent team. So the West was fucking loaded uh, still at this point. Uh, Duncan Spurs, matter of fact. uh, Seattle with Ray Allen had a couple of good years. So uh, the West was loaded at this point. Denver. um, And yet... For for Paul Gasol to be able to lead Memphis to fifty win seasons with fucking Jay Wield and Mike Miller uh, during this time, uh, I think that's pretty fucking amazing. Um, Paul was an eighteen nine guy. Uh, he's one of the, the most skilled big men ever, uh, offensively, um, and it ain't even about the numbers. This is the skill. Um, you know, Paul Gasol. Could, Paul Gasol getting twenty on anybody. It don't matter who they are. He's gonna be able to get 20 on anybody. He, his game did not have a weakness. Uh, Excellent back to the basket game. Excellent face-up game. Powell could put the ball on the floor. Uh, Powell could shoot the ball really well from about 15 to 18 feet. Uh, Powell was an outstanding passer at the high post. Uh, So he didn't really he didn't have a weakness like in terms of skill offensively. You know, he was somebody. Powell, at the end of the day, Powell just wanted to win, man. He didn't care about stats. He didn't care about shit. He sacrificed the stats and enough for, he sacrificed the the stats for championships. And that's what it's about. And that's what I always appreciate about, you know, guys. You know, guys that, you know, are immensely talented, like Powell Gasol, but are more than willing to put aside that talent because they want to, They want something bigger than that time. They want to win. They want to win championships because the championships is your legacy. That's what lasts throughout the years. All right, next up, German Jesus, the big fadeaway Dirk. Speaking of fadeaways, Dirk fadeaway is definitely on the Mount Rushmore fadeaways. So, shit, if you, I mean, obviously Jordan and Kobe fadeaways would be number two. But third would definitely be Dirt. It would have to be Dirk Fadeaway. I mean, Dirk Fadeaway had won playoff games. Shit, he won a championship. Uh, and he was able to get that damn Fadeaway, and it was automatic against anybody. It didn't matter who it was uh, defensively. KG, Duncan, it didn't matter. Uh, 14-time All-Star, uh, NBA champion, 12-time All-NBA um, NBA MVP and, and Dirk was somebody too, man. Uh, he was somebody that also elevated his game in the playoffs. Um, generally, as the playoffs went on, he actually got better. Um, you know, it didn't matter who he could win against, um, the, what the competition was, whether it was Duncan. I mean, man, I played Duncan in the playoff series uh, in 06. Um, it didn't matter if it was Duncan. It didn't matter if it was KG. Uh, it didn't matter if it was C-Webb at the time, you know, when in, in his peak. Um, Dirk was going to get his 25 points, and it wasn't going to be shit you could do about it. He was going to get his 25 the same way he always gets his 25. And then the high post, uh, he going to back you down, and then he going to get that fucking fadeaway that you just can't do shit up, shit about. Um I to me the most underrated aspect of Dirk's game was his passing. You know, he didn't put up big numbers as a passer or nothing like that. People getting look at assists or not, nothing, nothing like that. But I always thought Dirk was a Dirk was a good passer. He was a willing passer too. Uh and and with that fadeaway, man, he was tough, man. He was tough to deal with. Um you know, a lot of people have him. You know, just behind Duncan as the greatest, second-greatest power forward ever. Um, That's not the case for me. I was, me personally, I still go uh, Duncan, uh, I go Barkley, uh, I go um, Malone, then I go KG. Uh, Those are my top four. And then I would put uh, maybe Dirk in that five spot because Dirk... um, Dirk wasn't quite the all-around player that those other guys were, so that's why I value them them a little bit more uh, in terms of their greatness. But, you know, still to be a top-five power four all-time, as many great power fours that has played this game, that's, fucking, that's a fucking honor, and that's why he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the very best that's ever done it. Lastly, but certainly not least, man, uh, D-Wade. Um, Y'all know, three-time champion, 13-time All-Star, uh, like Dirk, uh, t- top 75 member, uh, NBA scoring champion 09, eight times all NBA. Uh, what's not to love about Dwayne Wade, man? Um, uh, <clears throat> I mean, he was so exciting, so fun to watch. And as a Heat fan, um, man, when we got this brother, uh, it instantly took us up another level and you know, I remember watching D-Wade as a rookie and you could see like the flashes of greatness And like the flashes that he would have where he would just he would as a rookie, you know He would have these minutes these bursts of these minutes where he would just like completely dominate the game like on both ends and as a heat fan you know, I'm just looking to the future. Like, man, we've got a fuck. This boy is gonna be a fucking superstar in a couple of years. And I remember once we got Shaq. Uh, I'm saying we, like, I'm out there and shit. Like, I'm actually on the team. Like, they paying me and shit. But <laughs> but once that he got Shaq, um, it the expectations just skyrocketed. Um, but. Um, you know, amidst of the uh skyrocketing the expectations. You know, a lot of some players could've folded. They could've folded under that pressure. They could have folded, folded under that that sudden expectations like, oh shit, we sh- got yeah, compete for a champion. We compete for a championship now. You go from being like a you know, getting into the playoffs on basically the last day of the season to now the very next what like the very next season you're you're a championship contender. Um, you know those expectations could fuck with with a, with a young player, uh, but they didn't fuck with Dwayne Wade because he built different. Dwayne Wade as, looked at it as a challenge, and he accepted that challenge and he showed up. He got better each season, um, and you know the only the only his only weakness really was his was durability. Um, as as a Heat fan, we knew we were on ball time with him. Uh, once we kind of got an idea of of um, you know the condition of his knees as as the years went on, that um, I appreciate every second of watching D. Wade. Um, his his 9 season or uh, still is one of the greatest uh, seasons by a perimeter player ever, uh, and um, just as a as a basketball player, man, he's one of the greatest. He's one of the greatest like basketball players ever. You know, when you think about Dwayne Wade, he's somebody that's gone from like a, a like the franchise guy, the guy, the dude, top five player in the league, to them like being like a number two. You know? And shit. And at times he went from to being a number three. And then he then goes back to being a number one. They got the a franchise player, and yeah, he's able to do all those things, like be able to mentally adjust to all those, to all those roles, because it's a big, it's a big adjustment going from like being the dude to being like the second dude, and being the second dude to being a third dude. It's all a big adjustment, and for him to be able to make that adjustment, be able to have like the the selflessness and the awareness. To look within himself And and, know See what the team needs And be able to To be that And do that Um It speaks volumes about Uh Dwayne Wade Uh His intangibles Um You know LeBron might not have a damn championship If not for D-Wade You know D-Wade gave him the blueprint D-Wade taught him how to win Um and when, D were, and when Brown went to Miami, um, we got that. Then that's why we got the absolute best version of LeBron in Miami. Uh, you know, Wade gave him the blueprint. Wade, you know, showed him how to win, showed him how to work, showed him how to lead. And LeBron took that blueprint and won, won more championships. Um, so that's, that tells you a lot about Wade. You know, as a as a as a basketball player, man, he's just you know third greatest shoot two guard ever. Um, just a great basketball player, man. Uh, uh, you know, somebody from the shot that that made it, and and it's you know a good good representation of the grit, the hustle, and, and the grind of Chicago. You know, uh, so much success to D Wade, man, and I'm and. Much love to all these Hall of Famers. I'll be right back, y'all. Talking Role Player Hall of Fame next.
1: Yo. Hey,
0: what's good, champ?
1: Um, Everything's been pretty good. It, it just seems like we about to start we're gonna start the podcast off with a sad note
0: yeah man uh and terrell you on hey what's up man hello what's happening yeah. yeah 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 i can hear you. you so i guess we might as well man i guess we might as well touch on it man um yeah I mean, champ. Who sad, notes. Yeah, champ, Terrell. I'm gonna let y'all take the lead on this because y'all probably, y'all, I'm sure y'all have more of the details or or know what's going on more than I do. But you know, y'all, y'all take the y'all take the handlebars on this one.
1: Well, from what we know so far, you know, Bray Wyatt has passed away, and we don't know the cause right now. You know, it's been tragic. This is very tragic. I mean, he had, he had been out of WWE since February because he's been dealing with mental illnesses. And Hello? of course, he never got over the passing of Bowdy Lee. What's up? Hello? Terrell. Terrell. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. I
0: had a thank
2: you that went out. Went out.
1: Like he oh. an okay. So he had a heart condition.
0: Yeah, he had COVID and that exasperated his heart issues. Oh man, that's uh I think he got kids too, so man, thoughts and prayers to the family.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is unfortunate.
2: They did say whatever it was that he had. Oh it was it was life threatening, whatever it was. It was career threatening and life threatening. Wow! But i was like, wow. Well, they say he was on the mean? That's crazy. Man,
0: nah. you know, and It just so brings scary, us back to back days. That's
2: crazy,
3: right?
0: Mm-hmm. It it just brings us back down that road of what, you know that we used to. That familiar road where all you know where we had to experience like so many wrestlers just dying young you know Right. Remember, like you remember like in the 2000s man like we we had like a run where it was like like every week yeah somebody was passing away right you know man thoughts and prayers for the family yeah, yeah. You so. just stay updating On this story, it's just sad,
1: you know. And then yesterday, we had one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Terry
0: Trump, pass away. Yeah, and you know, just back to back. He had had dementia for the past three years, too, maybe five. Oh, see, I see. I didn't, I didn't know that. See, that's, that's man. You know, dementia is one of those man. That's like one of the worst diseases. Something that robs you of your mind. That's they got to. Yeah. Be- yeah, my
1: father passed about uh, dementia. Oh man. Yeah. So, Who happened? My father had passed. My grandfather had passed the dementia back in 2010. So yeah.
0: That's
1: how I mom passed away.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know, my grandmother had the mention too. That's true. Right. Way. You know. Yeah. And I think, I think I think I think I think our culture is slowly getting better as far as like acknowledging mental illnesses and the fact that it's it's a serious thing. But I still mm-hmm. feel like we got we got a long way to go still mm-hmm yeah
1: i mean we still got folks that think that men shouldn't cry so i'll figure
0: right right oh you a punk if you cry man yeah. <laughs> nah uh, but i don't think there's a smooth transition um <laughs> uh, but i'm gonna go ahead and give it a shot um you know, not even, not even Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, and the entire Bloodline crew. Uh, however, hundred, people, hundred of them, it is. They can't even beat this heat, man.
1: Nah, hell no.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's something different, man. <laughs> and you know what different. I realized today? What? When you come when you come outside from a really cold house into it you know you know brutal and see your body wants (laughs)
0: shot your body be like man what you doing (laughs) you crazy (laughs) (laughs) body like nah homie you wild what you doing
1: man you can't do it
0: (laughs) all right man. I guess we can jump into this final matchup, man—the final round of the tournament. You know, this tournament lasted about two years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and finish it off. I think we all know which way we're going here. Yep. Yeah. Um, Twenty-two Roman Reigns versus nineteen ninety-seven. Breath Hitman Hart, the Hitman, heart—the best there is
1: the best there was and the best well, there well, will, well, be. Uh, will be <laughs> let's let the real let let the real go first he <laughs> uh, 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 can't wait
2: <laughs> oh you know I'm going Roman yeah I'm going Roman I don't even really think it's particularly close um, uh, what, what? I, know, I know the argument is there was somebody, one person on this pod. At least, you're going to tell you that Bret Hart saved up in 1997. He, he created it, saved it, and left it all in 97. So, no, of course. But I, I do think that that he had a, a, a major part of what went on in 97. But I think it was it wasn't just him. You had Austin getting white hot. You had his brother with the botch power driver that played big part in the role of things that was going on. You had DX, you had ACK, you had The Undertaker, you had the Hell in a Cell match.
3: Mm-hmm. I feel like they were
2: trending that way regardless. I will give him credit for some of them. I think he, Vince gave him credit for being the one who kind of brought the McMahon, Mr. McMahon character when he pushed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He pushed them down and that's when we first started to get wind that Vince was more than just an announcer, you know. So I, I do, I do believe that that. that yeah. was...
0: Man, that night was one of the worst nights in Raw history. You know, I ain't never seen somebody, a man, get screwed that badly out of the championship. That was madness.
3: <laughs>
2: well, you
0: know, that was all part of the story.
2: Yeah. I, I do think. Uh, I don't know, maybe they didn't think that they was ready to put Austin in that type of match yet. But could you imagine if that submission match was for the championship, it would have just made him even even more it's already the probably the greatest match um in in wrestling WrestleMania history. Right up there with the right. uh Michael Gates uh to take a match from WrestleMania twenty
3: five. Um
2: right. I just Both of them matches, you got four, like, legit legends. Oh, but not to, I'm I'm tapering off, but, no, I I do think that what Roman has been able to do over these last three years, especially last year, is unmatched, unified, the championships, both of the world titles. He beat Brock cleanly and decisively in, in main event of WrestleMania carry the, the greatest if it's not the greatest storyline it's definitely the second draft behind the McMahon often has to be one of those two is the greatest storyline ever maybe the Daniel Bryan versus the, um, the authorities could be up there with him but I don't think nothing compares to this I just think he's just super over man I mean I don't think nobody hates him even if you don't like him you don't hate him you, wanna, you still want to see him come you know he's just right. that. You know I'm because even
0: if you hate the storyline, nobody is nobody hates him at this point.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that he was hated more when they had him run around as the big dog trying to force him to be a, a a face. Um, so that's also good. Like he got to turn heel and show his true chops. It's like certain people should only only be heels to me. Rick Flair should yeah. only be a heel. Shawn Michaels should only be a heel. <laughs> Uh, he should only be a heel, you know. So I just think Roman Reigns should only be a heel.
3: But I, I think Damn Roman is a only
2: heel. Huh? I view Roman
0: as like a tweener. Yeah,
2: yeah but he is a tweener, but that's kind of in the line. That's why you got. That's why he, you got to think. That's why he able to beat Austin because Austin was the all time greatest tweener of all time, right? He was supposed. He was doing hillish stuff and face pops. <laughs> he was doing everything in his power to be a heel. You
3: know? hey. And then I think
2: also that Brett did miss some time in ninety seven too. You know, he, even though he didn't miss too much T V he walked in the wheelchair and we got some of the greatest moments ever, him being in that wheelchair.
0: Yeah, oh, some, some good. Mike, Mike, stupid kicking him.
2: He let the clock
0: run out. but so That was trash. Oh was trash. man! Oh, it was trash that HBK didn't drop the belt to him at, at Mania 13. <laughs> He's supposed to.
2: I don't they but but here again, Bruce um, Prichar said it wasn't set in stone that Shawn was gonna have to drop the belt. So. Man. It was awesome. so,
0: that, man. That. Nah, no, man. They that. no man. It that would have been completely unjustified for for back to back manias for Bret Hart to lose to HBK. So, right, and the can be HBK, but Bret Hart. Has
2: anybody matched this? Since we we're talking about it, has any had there ever been a return match from WrestleMania to WrestleMania where the person who won the first one lost the second one? I mean, one. Excuse me, the person who won the first one, won the second I don't think so, so you probably I don't, don't think do. so. No, nah. Because The Rock.
0: That's bad
1: business.
2: business. Yeah, you gotta retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Because
2: I think this the, the program, if I'm not mistaken, is, you know, I think the program was for him to win and, me and lose it back home at SummerSlam. Which I would have been right. good. That would have been good. I think that would have been good. But I but think, that point, I, I think though, even though Sean get it, sometimes things work out for you when you ain't even trying to make them work out for you. If y'all understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, pretty much, you know, Austin and Brett at yeah. 13. Brad, yeah. You get
2: the hell the hell in the cell match don't happen if 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 they face off because now there's no reason for him to have heat with the Undertaker without, you know, scoring him at SummerSlam. It's a lot of stuff that might have been different, so
0: Yeah, it's Brett.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sean, losing his, Sean losing his even though I think Brett and Sean in the permission match at WrestleMania would have been great too. If he could have snapped his leg in the in the in the sharpshooter and he went away to SummerSlam to get his rematch, yeah. I think that would have be been great T V as well. But it'd have been just as effective. Well maybe not, because Austin was just he just something special. That was born there. So
0: But but see, I think I don't think I think it would have took Austin like significantly longer time and I I'm not sure if he actually would have reached that same level of popularity without Brett without because right. who else was there for Steve Austin to feud with before Brett Yeah, right. yeah. No you know, that's, that's why Austin says Brett made made him
1: Yeah So
0: where you. you still walked head man oh no man i gotta go <laughs> i gotta go i think it's closer i think it's close but i can't nah i gotta give it to roman man like i mean this man he didn't he, I, I don't want to say he's saved he's saving wrestling yeah the way he is <laughs> the way he, he's bringing interest back to wrestling and and, <laughs> and 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 I think this is another part of what Roman's doing He's doing like shit that m- musicians, rappers would do He putting his entire crew, his entire family on Yeah Like yeah. that's the best part of this shit Like this shit is amazing Like he's putting his whole entire family on the map On a bigger map Like they running the industry now Yeah like,
1: So wait a minute. So you guys are gonna talk about how entertaining Brett was in 97? Are y'all forgetting how entertaining he was?
2: He was entertaining.
0: And and see, that's why I think it's it's very close because, you know, the promos, the matches, you know, Brett did something that I don't think nobody else has ever done. He was able to be a heel in one country, but yet be a face everywhere else.
1: Yeah, because I'm gonna tell y'all this, roman reigns brought an insane amount of entertainment in 2022 let's think about this in 2021 he was established himself as the tribal chief and the head of the table in 2022 with the inclusion of sammy Zayn, it brought entertainment to the group roman reigns was funny as hell in all of his interactions with Sami Zayn. Of course the rest of the bloodland was too. But Roman brought a humor element to the storyline,
0: guys. And at the same time, he elevated Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. Those eight. Yeah.
1: So this ain't a fake this ain't a segment of going with the most current thing to win the tournament. This is actually legitimate. Roman yeah. Reigns
0: wins this tournament. It it takes a historic. This is a historic run. This is like probably like this is probably the greatest run that we've seen as wrestling fans. And yeah. that, it took a it takes that to to knock off ninety seven Bret Hart. That's how great of a year Bret Hart had.
1: And the sad part about all of this is, you have wrestling fans. They can't even appreciate this. That's the sad part. We got fans that can't even appreciate this storyline.
0: Yeah, well out of my way, I'm ready for it to be done already. Well for well right now, yeah, because had you no, said more no, than, than no. the <laughs> They have no nuance, bro.
1: Right. You know, with the exception of Theo one um guys that aren't ready to win the world title, but I digress. I'm,
2: not in grass. Yeah, I'm, with, him. I'm uh, with him. though. L.A. Knight, yeah, L.A. Knight. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh man,
1: the mercy. Now. Now.
0: <laughs> yeah. L.A. Knight on the he, other hand, he, Woo! He beat the driver <laughs> chief in merch sales, and the crowd go crazy. The crowd is literally hanging on every single word, as if this motherfucker is like the fucking rock. Yeah. Uh,
2: he, he, so, he is copyright infringement,
0: you ask me. Well, I mean, is that even the rock gimmick? Who did the rock rip that gimmick from? I mean, you know, the rock is yeah. his team. Yeah. Ice yeah. Man Iceman can't talk. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I'll hush up. But, yeah. no, man, the merch sales, the crowd is going to dictate that that he is in the main that he's in some type of title match that he's in a world title match at, at Mania otherwise the crowd will take over the Royal Rumble like they did with Daniel Bryan yeah him. now that was a fact that was a crowd
1: taking over moment too they had to put that butt on Daniel Bryan because he was taking it
0: over but now remember that Rumble like that Roman Reigns won that's the Rumble that the, the fans hijacked that that um because Daniel Bryan got eliminated. They, the fans went crazy. The fans was like, yeah, Bryan the whole run.
2: Has anybody been more over than Daniel That Do you think? Well, I guess Reigns probably. But outside of him, who has been no more over than that boy was in 2012, 2013? Uh,
3: man,
2: probably man. CM Punk. That. That CM like Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. Yeah.
0: Punk CM Punk. Right. yeah. And, and just like CM Punk, Daniel Bryan was like, was a champion that they didn't want <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, why
2: not why not but that go back to the roots of the, the Bretts and the sean the worker champion you know what i'm saying all this i mean because for one one would be against Roman is dude you don't wrestle on teeth well this is fine I guess we should have i guess because that will that would go against one of my biggest arguments in the absolute era, that the, the champion lost the belt too much for me and progression even <laughs> that, well, Cena I mean, had decent reign in Triple H, but the, the rest of them is hot potato with the championship, you know what
1: I'm saying? Oh uh, man,
3: especially
2: in 2002, Yeah, I was like to took- they took it all. So, I guess you, you want you to have your effect but then you gonna make him lose to Hulk Hogan the next month? Yeah. Uh, to the Undertaker, we'll lose it to The Rock. Wow. Uh wow. Well, What are you talking you about? Say- I, and then you split the title. You, get, you you don't even make Triple H
3: wrestler to get the title. <laughs> nah.
2: <laughs> you, put on side, you let him have it for a month, and then you put it <laughs> back on Triple H. Like, yeah. man, what are we doing, man?
0: It was the shits, and then Booker T got robbed out the title. I mean, that was like it, the man. next year. Yeah. Yeah, that was man. That that was just a blatant act of racism on the part of of Hunter Hurst Houndsley. <laughs> oh, yeah. I swear. <laughs> man. Five
3: time, five time, Fucking, he, can,
0: he can curse man, he can curse either that shit.
1: Let's see, listen. Since y'all talking about championship belt, what's up with you touring these old belts? Now? Wait, we probably, wait, wait, pause, 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 pause. We're gonna talk
2: about these belts in one second. Yeah. <laughs> do we have a winner? Yeah, no. Roman Reigns, okay. Oh yeah. I do want to talk about these belts. I think we need to do another tournament, man on, What's up? this ain't got nothing to do with wrestling or sports or even hip hop which we normally talk about we need to do a, a tournament on the girls we grew up crushing
3: on, on
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Man, we can get out. to work on this <laughs>
2: We need, we need Ashley, back. we need all that.
0: <laughs> Myra,
2: we got, we got, we got so Myra. Wait like, uh, Myra should win the tournament. Outside,
0: so so she was fine. Myra and Justine. So we just gonna go all together. We not gonna like separate them by like.
2: No, we just gonna put twenty of them together like we did this
0: time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
1: guess I guess Lord Winslow gotta go in, but she probably be knocked out early. Yeah, she can be in a play
0: in. Play in. She wanted done. Uh, I, like so I
2: put the post up the other day. Like, who is who is the finest girl on a different world?
0: Man, I, you know what I'm saying? Hank
2: never, he never watched Cosby show. He don't know what he missing out on. He'll, oh man, I watched. I watched. <laughs> I watched the episode about going to Baltimore the other day. I was crying, bro.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay, the wretch, <laughs> huh? The wretch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was a
0: Vanessa fan, shit. man. Vanessa was always in some shit, dude. Yeah, I was, <laughs> She she
2: played the alphabet game. She she snuck out with the boy. She come home married.
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> for him, boy.
2: It, I will but, say
1: Claire, Claire smoked oh, her on that
3: episode.
2: I bet. Def- yeah, she did. But I definitely <laughs> want us to do that at one point. But back yeah, to- That could back be the, the next girl, tournament I actually, think, man i think i get what you saying tank but if you're gonna keep coming out with this trash just
0: give us give us back what we had you know what yeah. i'm saying and and, and 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 my my point was it's like the prestige was what's more prestigious than holding the same belt that hbk had the same yeah, exact yeah, belt that yeah. he hold that his fingertips yeah. touched yeah yeah that he carried around oh, that's the what
2: made the big gold belt so that was Flair's belt. Yeah,
0: the Flair belt. I
2: mean, I, I would I would I would love to carry around
0: the same belt that Rick Flair had.
2: You know? And then I like to me, of course, what's the name? He's this great intercontinental champion. But I just feel like it would mean more if he had that strap hat had in the, and the and Macho Man. Like you said, Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat had and Mr. Perfect had and Brent and Sean and Razor Ramon Diesel even had yeah, the no, uh, so I want I'm with you, I want a big fan of the Attitude era
1: strap with the blue with the blue belt. Cause uh, y'all, remember the, y'all remember the first belt that Vince that gay uh song called
0: Out the WrestleMania 14? It had a blue Yeah. It was actually it was actually cool, it wasn't bad. I didn't Not like bad. that belt. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I didn't like the size of like, like the the actual like the logo part, like the actual like 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 belt.
2: That I'm, surprised. I'm surprised you don't like it, because me me and Tank, all of us love the Undisputed Like, that one. Oh, <laughs> nah, just, it's, it just never, yeah, it never
0: did. You know what I liked about match. that one, though, Theo? It had the well, name played on it, too. It
2: had the name played on it. That was one it of, did. of the first, you know, WWE belts to have a name played on so and, I have a question,
1: guys. Do you guys realize that this is 20 and 30? These belts are 20 and 30 years old. And these current cats don't want any belts they goddamn them on. Y'all ever think about that? Listen, I own, right, I own Big Gold. I own the classic Intercontinental title. I own the classic United States title from WCW. You guys know it. But, hey, hey,
2: hey, hey, I might I, not I need to see that. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, I let you, yeah, I I you, yeah, I got you, yeah, you put it out for you. But, but listen, progress, time goes on, time goes on. You have to attract a new audience of fans. These aren't old-timers watching the current wrestling product. These are new kids watching this mess now. You have a new batch of kids every, every 10 years. So you have to create a new belt. Am I a fan of the current belt that use using right now? No, I'm not. I'm not Tank. a fan.
2: Thank you know they're not getting off their belt with that logo on there. That's it. That's the belt. Yeah. That's the belt man. for the perpetuity. And the NBA and not
1: are asking for,
2: they're gonna do that with that belt with the logo on there. They done made every title look like that. Every world title look like that.
1: Yeah. Now, you mentioned the NBA, right, Theo?
0: Yeah, the NBA.
1: Same, same, same trophy. But now the, the question, has the MVP trophy changed? Or at least the names of the trophy? I mean, then it used to be called Bobby Fooloff. Who the NBA who's the, NBA, who's, the NBA, who's the MVP tro- trophy game back in the, the,
0: the name back then now? Michael Jordan, like, right? The, the names changed, but the trophy is just pretty much the same. Okay. No, they yeah. keep the same name. the the uh the
2: finals MVP is for Bill Russell. All stars. Mm-hmm. So, look
1: at Michael, look Jordan, Michael, Michael
2: Jordan. Is everything MVP after Michael Jordan? I believe
1: so, man. They made an MVP award after Michael Jordan? Yeah, Maurice Kuloff. I don't even know who the hell Maurice Kuloff is. So, yeah, Murray it's Jordan. Uh,
0: he invented the. He was a big part in the, in the shot clock. The oh, okay.
1: Time. Well, leave it to Mr. Basketball to know these things, right, so where. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I see the Michael
2: Jordan Award. Hold on, I gotta see it, They made MVP after
0: Michael Jordan. Yeah, they did. But Buzz Lebron.
2: Hey, the that, that, hey that that, that
3: that's
2: that from him the GOAT, by the way. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Buzz LeBron
0: the
3: GOAT.
0: <laughs> how you gonna go? How you gonna be the goat? You don't even have your own air. <laughs> yeah
2: man it's, it's the michael
0: jordan that go to the mvp that's who won mvp this year y'all uh it was uh was it it was it was it mb 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 won the first <laughs> michael jordan award <laughs> yeah <laughs> Boy, uh, you, uh michael jordan turning over in his brain right now man knowing that that right, southfield guy's mvp trophy he's still alive <laughs> bro he's still alive he probably, <laughs> he's <laughs> still alive he He's turning over in his bed right now. He can't get no sleep. between
3: when and his Dennis and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> but see,
1: but see. you know what's funny? Because you guys are talking about the Magic and, you know, Steph Curry's situation. And a lot of... They're on different lists about how their players are ranked. And... You know... Uh, it's going to be a bunch of newer fans that feel that Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time. But guys like you and I and Terrell, we know that the way Steph Curry is playing the game is has nothing to do with how the point guard position is truly played. So, of course, it's Magic Johnson to us. It was never a question.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and I
2: Magic. Oh, my goodness. Magic. And then Gilbert Arena tried to say, oh, well, Norm Nixon was the point guard. Man, uh, don't, initially. don't,
0: don't. Yeah, don't bring up. I'm
3: over Gilbert. <laughs> I'm over
2: Gilbert. Yeah.
0: So I'm not. Like, yeah, I mean, this man, Magic, not only he was giving you about 18 to 22 points a game, I mean, he's giving you six or seven boards a game. But the Laker fast break was so devastating. That's, the championships, were built off Magic talents in the fast break. Yeah. Nobody could do what he did. Uh, the Lakers don't win five championships without Magic Johnson. You could put, even if you put Isaiah Thomas on that team, they don't win five championships without Magic.
1: Hell, the Warriors won the, first, won the championship at 15, and Steph Curry didn't even get any peace. So, yeah. They'll so only has one final MVP, guys. he Keep that in
2: a But you He could have. have. If not for Magic, Green doing what they doing. Third. Third is Michael Jordan in the 80s. Ugh, yeah? Man. That's a great point. He's he me. went in 81. He not 3 peat like that. He three-peating 84, 85, 86. And they went in 87, so he might have 4 P.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's what nice. I think of I'm thinking, Terrell. Yeah. I'm thinking they would have had like a mini dynasty like they had in the 60s. But I got to credit for this
2: because he definitely ate off LeBron's table three different times.
1: Yeah.
2: Three different times. That's impressive. that's true. He ate yeah. off his table three different
0: times. What, let me ask y'all something. What do y'all think about the Hall of Fame? Like the Hall of Fame class this year? For the for the um for basketball,
1: yeah. all the basketball thing. Yeah. I mean the guys that went in should
2: have
0: win. I mean I think it right. must play. Play. Oh, man. I think it's impressive, Corey. I, mean, I no it, problem with it. It's impressive. I'm just I'm just waiting for the day. They call three names up there as finalists as you know, uh KJ. Sean Kemp Tom Chambers huh. yeah. Yeah. man if Kemp hasn't gone in by Hall now Fame, so I, I
2: get irritated thinking about Hall of Fame because the baseball you... Hall of Fame is the biggest joke on earth oh yeah. no we don't want to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> in the NFL how is Rodney Harrison not a Hall of Fame
0: yeah man <sighs> it there's you no the answer
2: Priest the most physical safety out there, not named Ronnie Locke. <clears throat>
0: and, and on top of that, Rodney was versatile too. He was good in coverage. Man, he hit like four linebackers. Man, yeah. and he was responsible for the Rams winning the Super Bowl in '99. Yeah. Dude, man, that man is a multiple time champion, man. He he he's definitely a Hall of Famer. And then wait a minute.
1: I'm not trying to crap on Steve McMichael, but is he Hall of Fame wherever you are? Is he? I believe he is. Steven McMichael? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's on his way.
0: And it's sad because he's sick. I'm, I, I feel like I've seen enough like old bear games and seen enough for like their defense to to so know, I know he was. I know he was a damn good player. He could rush the passer, and that was rare at that time.
1: Yeah, you just hate to see players going in the Hall of Fame or finally being
0: considered when they're on that deathbed. You hear what so I'm, see, I'm saying? The problem with the Hall of Fame, though, one of the many problems. What yeah, is wrong with Barry Bonds. Why has Barry Bonds on?
1: well but well, we know why steroids
2: but, but okay in his career in 2000
0: in his career in 2000
1: he's still one of the 10 mm-hmm. players
0: that have all the time I agree with you I, I agree you. don't boy, 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 agree boy, with you I don't know it's much about
1: baseball I agree with y'all see here's the problem you guys what well, do you guys want to ban these players for using steroids but that was the thing that helped your become popular again because no one gave a goddamn about baseball until those home runs started flying out of the park from oh from 96 to 2003. No one gave a damn, you know? And now you wanna not put people in because of the use of steroids. This is just contradictory.
0: Like, how do you do that? <clears throat> That's that's what baseball does. I mean, I missed the steroid there, man. That was some that's actually when I used to watch baseball. That shit was fun. We're about to have a we're about to have a league with a hall of fame
1: that doesn't have McGuire and Bob you try to settle It's a damn shame. Now
2: but see I, but here here's what I'll say. You can't tell me. I, I think there's levels to this, because you can't tell me that Roger Clemens ain't one of the best right-handed pitchers of
3: all
2: time. You can make a case that Maguire, Seiko, and Sosa didn't get a career arc in today's. Well, the mother two, Sosa didn't come in during steroids. The mother two came in when they was the Bash Brothers. <laughs> they can't men doing steroids. Jose Canseco say he introduced to do all of
0: them. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: why he ate. Man, he ate man. his favorites, and he tweet every day. Good morning, everybody, but Aaron A. Rod. Good morning, everybody, but.
3: <laughs> man. <laughs> he do
2: this every day, bro. Every day,
1: every day. Man, it's crazy. So.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, definitely crazy. Like, all right, let's talk some football, guys. Okay. I got, a, I got,
2: a, I got a, po- a, a thing I just posted.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: I want y'all to see this. Okay. I want y'all to hear this. Here
1: Okay, I thought
3: we
2: was gonna start off with Terrell's <laughs> round. Two thousand one draft, <laughs> two thousand twenty one quarterback draft class. Look, all the Bears fans got on here sad. Uh-huh. "Mac Jones, sixteen and fifteen as a starter." Trevor Lawrence, twelve and twenty two. Zach Wilson, eight and fourteen. Yeah. Justin Fields, five <laughs> and twenty.
0: Trey Lance, two and two. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I mean, man, it's it's unfair, man. You can't, you know, it's not fair to put records and stuff, man. Because, you know, you the higher the draft pick, you know, the higher the, the quarterback is drafted, the more shitty the team is gonna be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Patriots yeah. have sold yeah. a of steel. I mean remember The Patriots <laughs> made the playoffs uh, Was this a year After Brady left them Did they still make the playoffs Yeah that was put back as the quarterback
3: Yeah
2: yeah. yeah
1: okay Yeah
2: And they would have won more games last year If they didn't get him a defensive coordinator For all yeah. those sports
3: Oh <laughs> that's
0: shit <laughs> oh, it was a mess.
2: Y'all really want to get me started?
0: It was a yeah. mess, man. <laughs> at least, but hey, at least, <laughs> your, at least your defensive coordinator know what defense is called. Our defensive coordinator is still in love with booty soft stone, man. <laughs> <laughs> I watch the preseason, yeah, and I know it's preseason. It don't matter, man. I know they just playing BS coverage, but at this point, man, every time I see our corner is off, and they fall back into that fucking zone. It's like, oh man, I just, man, I, just fucking, I just want to vomit at this point already. This gonna be a long season.
1: Yeah, yeah. What yeah. y'all, y'all
2: think about what's the name? Uh,
1: Arizona trading Isaiah Simmons for a 7th round pick. Y'all just uh, took they, him in the first round for 8th. <laughs> yeah, they sell start, everything. They, they sell start that's the only thing I can get from that.
0: Yeah. I mean well Arizona Murray. They made a big mistake at quarterback.
3: Hmm.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I was I was never a Kyler Murray fan. No. And He's him. Huh? and then they paid them they paid them and they then, paid them too and then they try to make them study.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, Bro,
0: if, if, I, if i gotta pay my quarterback to study if i gotta like have stuff in my in the contract to make him study man that's a problem yeah that's a problem that ain't gonna work that's cool ain't no sugar
1: Man, we're like Johnny
2: Manziel. <laughs> I mean, we need, to revisit, we need to revisit the AFC
3: North.
2: Oh, yeah. I think, I think the Steelers might be a little better than we thought.
0: Yeah, I know. Defensively, uh, they will be. be. Oh, awesome. uh, I'm
2: talking about Pick it, picket it to... Pickens
1: is gonna be it's gonna be a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I
2: like
3: think
1: gonna easy. be better. I so. think bet they're gonna be okay. They got good, they got two different. Good... Mm. Yeah. So wait a minute, uh the jets improved with uh so the jets are improved now with Down Cook.
0: Um, I'm, you know, I'm starting to. You starting to come around. Tyrell's you starting to come around. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that that offensive line. Don't watch line hard,
3: man. Man. I'm telling you, they're right to a fall.
0: <laughs> that that, that, that offensive line. Um, I think pass blocking wise, Rodgers will figure that shit out i think run blocking wise that that's where go. that's where the biggest problem i i think they gonna have and you need you still gonna need you still need to run that fucking ball oh i never said they going to win the football just keep
1: that in mind oh the who? The i never said they going to win the super Bowl.
0: yeah that, <laughs> I, that I, they might not go as far as i think they might have gone like just looking at their o-line even more hey,
3: who
2: else coming back uh tank, tank don't want me to go here I'm not oh. impressed by in Miami or Buffalo. Wow. Miami, Miami is one of them teams that they are a collection of talents. They got a, both of them, you know, both of them teams got in trouble. All three of them teams got in trouble. They coaches are boobs. They're boobs. Mm. It's, kind of, it's kind of like how y'all were. Y'all were the most talented team in the NFC the last three years. No Super Bowl to show for them. That,
1: that's the Thanks ball. for bringing it up. Thank you. Thank
2: Thanks
1: you. That's that's
2: <laughs> Damn, Damn. Not only that. Damn. Not only that, <laughs> not only y'all still drafted well. Like Dobbs a hit, Watson a hit, Quay Walker's gonna be a hit. Like them tight ends y'all draft this year hit. Jordan Love might even be a hit. But do you trust LaFleur I don't trust anybody from that Kyle Shanahan tree, but I, trust.
0: I don't trust LaFleur at all. No, I do trust the
2: Mike Shanahan, only one from that tree I trust.
0: Yeah, because he's the only one that got that has a clue on game management. And right. It's
2: fun, don't.
0: And and I'm glad you brought up Mike yeah. too, man, because Mike don't get his flowers as like a legendary head coach. And I know I know he fucked RG3 up. But other than that. <laughs>
3: I mean,
0: everything, pretty much everything he touched was gold. I mean, man, this man got out of years out of Brian Greasy. Yeah, he did. Jay Clumber.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he
0: made Jay Clumber look like a top five quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got to admit, Mike Shanahan was a good coach. Because y'all are Packers
2: fans, so you appreciate this. I despise the Bears because their fans, they're they're up there like they're almost a cowboy Bills level, like <laughs> like seriously, like
0: it's it's, it's bad. You, you <laughs> know, man, it's man, it's that majority. Yes, man, majority of Bear fans are 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 the shits. They they're bad. This they're terrible man, to deal with.
2: Terrible fan base.
1: And see, and then one thing about the bears, I'm just thinking right now. Cause it's it's a possibility that uh huh, the team from the south side, baseball team from the south side could be moving out of guaranteed Joe had brought it up. The <laughs> huh The
0: governor? Yeah, huh, talk Joe. You don't think so? Um,
2: I can't see it.
0: Nah, I don't see it either.
2: I can't see huh. it. Where you gonna go? Where you gonna move them to?
0: Because yeah. I don't see the Bears can move over there they, just they, like Joe did. I don't
2: used to being South Siders, man.
0: You can't do that. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Even though
2: I do like you know, Joe's idea to bring them.
3: Yeah,
2: I How about building the stadium right next to the Obama Library? That'll be a hell of a complex down there.
0: It's <laughs> <in> Jackson Park. <laughs> oh man, now nah, nah, that would that would have made sense. Well, it
2: that
1: would, was, yeah. You talking yeah. about oh, moving the bands over there?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: right around. Put it right next to the Obama Library. Because <clears throat> there's more than enough <laughs> over there to build a stadium, a massive stadium, a massive yeah. stadium, and
2: the an ecosystem that go around it. Like so when we did our little football tour which we going to do this year we're probably going to do Vegas and Dallas this year but uh-huh. it's a you know, system that go around you like even if you go to Green Bay it's in a residential it's in a residential part of the city like it's literally like it's houses across the street from the stadium that they not to to like the like tailgating mm-hmm. extract like they whole houses are designed around the pack but they got a whole ecosystem around the Patriots got Patriots Place. A whole ecosystem. They got clubs, Bar Louis,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Victoria Secrets, y'all. I'm like, what is going on down here?
0: Bro, they got everything.
2: Patriots, Patriots place. But like, it's a it's a it's a legit outdoor mall. Like it's crazy. Yeah, that's man. what the building around that stadium,
1: malls and stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean on the lake.
0: Yeah. And in all of that. Yeah, I just, man, I just feel like it would make sense. But it's the Bears, man. So just like the Vikings go Vikings, the Jets go Jets, the Bears go Bears.
1: Yeah, but this is a little different because the Bears got to step into the future. Well, the Bears are actually behind. They behind by like 40 years in terms of stadium presentation, man.
0: Yeah, oh man! All the more reason they should have got that shit together from jump, man. And when they should have just build a, a a dome stadium, they could have built a dome around the columns that were been to 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 warrant the Super Bowl.
1: Y'all yeah, know how much I hate domes. That means no more, no cold weather But you know, just like me saying that championship belt. New championship belts in the WWE this is the sign of the times and the way to progress. The are dog's way to progress. No one wants
0: playing cold weather like that anymore. Man, and nobody wanna sit in that cold weather either, man. You know. Oh,
1: hell no. I mean I do, but you know, regular
0: ball not. Eventually, man, your old man winner gonna start biting you in the ass, man. <laughs> 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 You gonna wake up one more today. You gonna be (laughs) stiff to the motherfucker.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: I just posted a question on Facebook. What do the Bears, the Jets, the Cowboys, and the (laughs) Bills have in
3: common?
0: (laughs) 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 No Super Bowls. The
2: most delusional fan. <laughs>
0: the, so, really. wait, so so wait a minute, for real. So what's worse? So cowboy fans, bear fans, or Bron fans? There's nothing worse than
2: a Bron fan.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: There's nothing on earth worse than a LeBron James fan. Yeah.
1: There's
2: nothing on
1: earth worse than a LeBron fan.
2: Second. And the
1: killer part is that
0: that we love LeBron here. You know. Here you go. <laughs> I'll,
3: just, I'll just play it.
0: No, it's LeBron Bron James fan. is a wonderful human being. He's a wonderful no, I love man. A great man. businessman. I can't
2: do that. So you got LeBron <laughs> fans, then you got Cowboy fans. And LeBron ironically is a Cowboy fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cowboy fans are LeBron James and Skip Bayley. You know, you know it drives Skip crazy. Bills got a whole mafia ain't slayed, ain't killed nobody,
3: but (laughs) themselves. Put themselves (laughs) in danger.
2: The Jets still celebrating somebody who on the sidelines hitting on Susie Cobra, drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Smoking Man, they, they, they know them for the butt,
3: <laughs>
2: and then you got the damn Bears. Who
3: oh, fans, I love it. Wait,
2: <laughs> bad news. Bears always got something to say, always injecting yeah. on championship conversations. How you going? <laughs> y'all had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and all y'all got to show for the two Super Bowls in 30 years. How many y'all got to
1: show for How many y'all got? You know what's even funny? They're trying to say the first two Super <clears two throat> Bowls were before the merger and who was born <laughs> man? sit yeah. y'all ass damn.
0: <laughs> you know what I always say, Bear, Bear fans, man? Well, when when y'all offense can score 25 a game talk to us and so then shut up
1: yeah <laughs> then I started talking about championships before you know the super bowl then it was like oh man please but see that was something else we talked about last week when I was talking about you know Boston's championships before the merger and then you know in the NFL you don't respect the championships you know before the super
0: bowl so, so go figure. Uh I, I think it's different with the NFL. Man. I mean,
2: we gotta go with Super Bowl era.
0: I, I think it's different with the NFL, man, because we all know as football fans, the rules and the game was way harder. It was way harder to succeed back then than it is now. Records too, <laughs> right? So that's why I say it's different with football because of that physicality. Yeah. Like yeah, you some of them, man, you put a lot of them dudes on the field today. With like some of these dudes that's playing now, man, they break them dudes in half.
1: talk what? the old dudes
0: get them off in half. Now the old dudes will break these young dudes in half.
1: Yeah, but you know what? All first doing the NFL. A lot of a lot of those defensive players back then were just big and robbering. These guys now are on the
0: four threes and four fours, so it's like, whew. but you know. I don't these, know four three and four four is physicality when you put your hands on them. Which they don't let you do that now, you know? Yeah. You gotta
1: watch the brutality of the game man. I'm not
0: mad enough for doing I'm, that. I am I'm, I'm not I don't you know I ain't trying to turn into wrestling nothing, but you know I feel like how like how do you feel about the, the, how the game was played in the nineties, how the game was played in let's say the two thousands. Right. How the rules were enforced
1: back then in comparison to now
0: yeah right it's i'm just po- asking for like more fairness like with the rules and how they enforce it like defenses should be allowed to, to police the middle
1: yeah because anything outside of five yards you can't even touch
0: right like i and then and then and then uh, receivers can push off like right? Like at will, like they can push off and get away with everything, man. You mean, y'all see this? Like the the yeah, receivers get away with, they get away with, with murder. So, what can the defense do? When they tell the defense to back, well,
1: after five yards, you can't play the play. You got to play the ball now. Right. So. It's
2: but somebody made a good point, man. They trying to downplay Joe Montana on am like, no, they play in the era where you can hit the quarterback and the receiver.
0: And and that makes a it's difference, different. man. Like, yeah. it's like a huge difference. Like I'm sure there's a lot of times. Was... Run route
2: run play seven on seven. <laughs> wow. Put Joe Montana in this area.
0: Barb <laughs> oh, chicken. Sarah, you get the ball,
3: man.
0: Oh man, you, you, with these offensive systems now, man, you, you put damn Marino in. I mean, he just basically, you just t- basically got him in shotgun pretty much the whole game. Come on. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, man. I You know, I just think it's. it's I think you can. I think with the physicality of football, like in the air, I think it's—I think you can make certain comparisons, and in certain comparisons, you can. Like, obviously, the guys now are faster with you know, you know, evolution, and of course, better training, and better uh, medicine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sports, sports, medicine has come a long way since then. Yeah, because back then you get a concussion and you say, I right, we'll take the day off and come back tomorrow or come back come back in within the next six down. Now, you get a concussion, you got to
0: sit down for seven days. Yeah. You know, I, I look at a guy like Bernard King. Like, if, if, if he had been fortunate enough to have, like, you know, something just a fraction of the medicine that they have now in, in the 80s, for his knees, oh man, we—I mean, Bernard King would have been a top five player They're all the time. He would have been. Right, so yeah. it's a—it's amazing the advancements. Yeah. Damn, so. totally Agree with you, Totally totally agree with you,
1: here, guys. All right,
2: man.
0: I, think, well, I think this is I'm a good time.
2: Job.
0: Well, let's do, let's do that. Let's do that.
2: Let's do that chick. Uh, bracket man we got to do it man
0: gotta yeah it. yeah we we go let's let's do that in the text when we go uh, put the scenes out there throw that throw the names out there and we go that's, that'll be the next tournament for sure okay. yeah. yeah. all right all right guys right all, all right. right peace out guys thanks for joining the pod all right later. all right later